Hi, guys. Welcome to Andy's personal development. Today, I really want to share with you an account of an individual who is very close and dear to me. And this episode is entitled The Man with One Pair of Shoes. I know that it sounds like something that could be used as a theme for a movie or a story as the case might be, but this is no story, trust me. This is real, real life in real time. And I'm gonna try to give you all the details as it happened because it's a very important part of the episode that I'm about to share with you today as you share your time with me. I wanna give you something valuable and real and meaningful and endearing to me for your time. I remember this young man when he began his career in the security industry. He was quite ambitious. He wanted to do many things. He wanted to achieve so many things. He had high hopes and big dreams and he thought that there was not going to be any limit in his life with regards to what he can accomplish and what he can achieve. And he decided to pursue this career because he realized that he enjoyed doing it and it would not just be work, but it would be something that he would enjoy doing. And so he decided to educate himself. He was ambitious, but he also wanted to be successful. And he began working for different companies so that he can get the experience, but he also educated himself so that he could have the knowledge and the ability to understand how he could be a professional in the field of security and safety. But as time went on and the career went on and he began to work with these different companies, he realized that the dream of fulfillment that he was seeking, that thing that was born within him, that thing that was building up inside of him, it was just growing as a dream, growing as a vision, but had not become a reality. And so he found himself working at a company in the capital city of where he lived. And as he worked, because he was ambitious, because he was the kind of individual that could not settle for second best, because he had this, this vision of how he could reach to a higher place on a better level, he achieved success. And he went from the rank of an ordinary officer to corporal and then to sergeant subsidizing for those who were in charge of operations just after one year being in the company. The person who owned the company was wealthy. He had horses, he had buildings, he had malls, he had fast food outlets. This guy was just wealthy. And so one day while on duty, he ended up at his employer's home, the young man. And as he entered the driveway and he drove into the property of his employer, he recognized that this man was living 
a different kind of lifestyle, one that he had not seen very much of, one that he definitely did not know about or simply was not accustomed to, but it was something to admire, it was something to behold. Everything was neat. The greenery, the shrubbery, the flowers, the fountain, the swimming pool, the house itself spread across the property. This man certainly was wealthy and he definitely was living the high life, so to speak. And when the young man saw that and recognized that it was partly because of his labor and the labor of others that this man could have lived this kind of lifestyle, he recognized that he was working to build and maintain and keep somebody else's dream. And that hit him like a bolt of lightning. He literally felt an epiphany, that moment when the light comes on and something inside of you moves and it tells you, hey, is this really what I'm working towards? Is this really what I want to accomplish for someone else? And at that moment, he decided, it is time for me to begin to work towards making my dream a reality. I need to stop contributing to someone else's dream out of my hard-earned labor. And so he maintained his employment with the company for a while, but he began to plan how he could move on and go to a higher level, go to a next place, go to a better place. Because he knew that it would take time for him, by due process, to get to the place that he really desired to be in life. And so he left that company and he went working for another company. And for the period of time that he worked for that company, he became the manager. And as he became the manager, he was given more responsibilities. He was given a motor vehicle. He was given a cellular phone. He was given vacation time. And he was the man in charge. He had control. But then he recognized that he was doing the same thing that he was doing before. And he had left one to go to another, but just at a higher level or position. He recognized that the man who had employed him was living in different places across the globe. But it was not just living. It was enjoying a lifestyle. When Carnival was in London in Nothing Hill, he was there. When it was in New York, he was there. When it was in Grenada, he was there. Every carnival that there was, he would go there. And the young man recognized, I have simply jumped from one place to the next to do the same thing. But he recognized that he needed the opportunity to get the experience, to endure with the process until the right time and the right moment came along. And sure enough, as fate would have had it, the time came when his employer decided to pack it up. 
he declared bankruptcy. But things were so hard for the young man because he had been taking all his earnings and putting it back into the company so he could keep it afloat for as long as he possibly could so that he could get the best out of it. But it did not go his way. Except when that movement of fate happened and the owner decided he was going to declare bankruptcy and he left everything in the hands of the young man. The young man was left with a check for $3,000 and he had six months to clear that check or else it would have been of no value to him. But not only that, he was left with two contracts that the employer had left in his hands as a result of him declaring bankruptcy. So he had to go through a process of starting all over again, changing the name of the company, registering a new name, and going to NIB, National Insurance Board, and the Board of Inland Revenue to get the necessary and relevant documents. So that took time. But the dream and the vision that had grown inside of him and that spawned to a point where it was pregnant he was beginning to feel that the time was fast approaching when it would give birth. <laughs> and I want you to understand that at the point in time, the young man was beginning to get more and more excited about the fact that as time moved on, it seemed he was getting closer to that level of independence that he was looking for. To control how he worked, where he worked, and to control the kind of income that he would earn as a result. And so he began putting things in place for the company to be set up. And as he began to do that, things just started to fall into place. You see, because he was ready, he was prepared. And so he sat down in a small office one day, a 10 by 8, that he was subletting out of someone whom he had known. And he said to himself, my first salary is coming, but I wonder if I can go out and get some money because I need some more funding to put some more things in place, some more infrastructure, some paraphernalia, some equipment. I need financing. And here's the thing. Things were so hard that he ended up with one pair of shoes. <laughs> and as he would go out on the road and walk because he had no transport now, he had just a cell phone. All the transport he had was repossessed. And as he left his home every morning, he would pray that somebody would help him. He walked with the documents, he walked with the plan in his heart and in his mind, and he knocked on doors and he began to seek the help of people whom he knew had some money to help him to invest in his dream, to support his vision, to help make his goal a reality. The kind of responses he got were, are you sure you know what you're doing? 
Don't you know that black people can't do business? Why don't you just go back and work for the people? There's work there for you. Besides, you're sure to get money at the end of the month. Someone even asked him, if I lend you this money, when are you going to pay me back? And how are you going to pay me back? What is the guarantee that you can give me that your plan is going to work? And then finally, someone said, why don't you go see a bank? So he went to all the banks that he knew. Scotia, Republic, Royal Bank. <laughs> yeah, he visited them all and he knocked on their doors and he told them about his plan. But they told him he did not have any collateral. He did not own any property. He did not own a car. He did not have any monies to put up. And no one would stand security for him. So what was his investment going to be into a subvention of investment he would get from the bank? It just did not work. All he got was no. And so one afternoon he sat in his small 10 by 8. And he remembered. And he came from a home that taught him how to pray. And he began to pray and he reached out to God and he said, Father, could you please help me? I need help. I have to pay my people. It's coming up. The first salary is upon me. But I have also a situation that I need to get financing. How can I deal with these two challenges at the same time? And I don't have the income. And I don't have the support of anyone to give me the income. I can't get an investment investment even from the banks and as he sat there he began to put pen on paper and he recognized that something had fell into his spirit and as he began to put pen to paper it began to reveal itself unto him and the idea was simply this Ask your employees if they would take two weeks of salary because you're going to create a new system by which they would get paid. You will not pay them from the 1st to the 30th or the 1st to the 31st, but you would pay them from the 15th of one month to the 16th of the next. That way they'll always have two weeks inside. But start with now. And the two weeks that you keep inside from what you were supposed to give them at the end of this month. Take that two weeks and give it to the bank. So that you can set up an overdraft facility. He did it. And it worked. <laughs> but I want to go back to the fact that that one pair of shoe was responsible for taking him out every day and there are days when he would be walking with that one pair of shoe and suddenly holes began to develop in the soles of that shoe and he had to put cardboard inside and pray every day that rain would not fall because if rain fell, the cardboard wouldn't help his feet from getting wet and that would be a mess. But he pursued, he persevered, he continued, his ambition remained fresh as the first day it came into his spirit and he did not give up.
or give in. He persevered because he believed that his dream was going to be a reality. What about you? Do you have a dream? Do you have something that was formed in your spirit that you have laid to rest, that you have put on a shelf, that you have laid aside, that you have neglected for a long time? You know it's what you need to do to get that fulfillment in your life, to become the kind of individual that can contribute to a better lifestyle for yourself, for your family and loved ones, to create a legacy, a long-lasting impression of who you are as a valuable individual, but you have allowed the things that are on the outside to influence you on the inside, and the fire that was ablaze has now become burning embers or maybe ashes in your soul. But you deserve better. Because the young man also recognized that he deserved better. I want to tell you something. That young man is me. <laughs> That's my account. I lived it. And because I lived it, I learned so many lessons that were invaluable to me that now I can speak about it. I can tell you about it. It is my testimony. It is the thing that I share with you that can make a difference in your life. Take you to a point where you can begin to change the way you see things, your perspective and your mannerism towards who you are as an individual and the and the opportunity to create for yourself to make your dream come true it exists but it all depends on how you approach what you desire to become don't let it die you'd be doing an injustice to it you need to give birth to that dream you need to bring forth the reality of that vision so that it can be fulfilled and become something meaningful in your life. I'm going to stop here for a little bit. And I'm going to entertain you with a song. And at the end of the song, I'm going to come back and wrap up. So stay tuned. Thank you for continuing supporting Andy's personal development. Don't you go away. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. The impossible dream. Never give up on it. To dream the impossible dream. To fight the unbeatable fool. To bear with unbearable sorrow.
just kind of close this episode up but there are a few things that I need to share with us a few pointers that I think is crucial to part of this episode the man with one pair of shoes and by now you know that that man is me yeah I suppose some of you may have guessed that good on you because you've been following and you realize how passionate this has been to me this account of my life part of it at least but I also remember Magic Johnson Irvin Magic Johnson one of the greatest basketball players of the NBA and indeed of all times six foot nine guard the man with the no-look pass I remember when Magic Johnson was diagnosed with being HIV positive we don't consider that too much these days because a lot of people are trying not to be found COVID-19 positive. You know what I'm saying. But it was the thing that brought like an anvil his budding superstar career in the NBA to an end. 
And many thought that would have been the end of Magic Johnson as we knew him. Question, where would he go from here and what would he do? How will he continue this life? What about the challenge that he now has with being diagnosed as HIV positive? How can he still contribute to something beyond basketball? It seemed as though all the odds were against him. But Magic Johnson had a dream. And that dream was alive in his spirit. That dream was alive in his being. And he knew that the day would come when he could no longer play basketball. And he had already begun to put things in place. He had certainly bought a percentage of the Lakers for 10 million US dollars. And he had made other small investments, including radio stations. But there was something bigger and better and more fantastic that was moving in his mind and in his spirit. And he was restless because he knew it had to become a reality. He had to give birth to a bigger dream. He knew it could be more than what people said he was going to be and he was not concerned about what people said he was concerned about what he believed he was concerned about what he was convicted about he did not take time to think about the destructors and the detractors all he was concerned about was bringing that dream into fruition what about us he knocked on 10 banks doors and all of them said no the one that said no the most he visited the most four times before they eventually give him 50 million dollars and he bought a mall with a low occupancy rate and brought it up to a hundred percent occupancy sold it for 48 million and give a profit to the bank and then they give him a hundred million. I don't know how many times you may have knocked on doors, but I know I have been knocking on doors when I found myself in a similar position to Magic Johnson. And every time I knock and I gotta know it was the opportunity for me to knock again. It was as if they were putting me on my butt, but I had to get up on my feet and move on because I knew that somewhere up ahead, after all these no's, there eventually was going to be a yes. And the only thing that I lived for was hearing that yes. The only thing that Magic Irvin Johnson lived for, or Irvin Magic Johnson lived for, was that yes. That affirmative response, someone to believe in you, someone to trust in you, someone to say, yes, I will support your vision. But you got to be convinced and convicted in yourself that this is what you want to do. This is how you're going to do it. And this is why you want to do it. It needs to be something that has to be so burning in your soul that you can't rest until it becomes fulfilled until it becomes something tangible don't ever give up 
on your dream. Don't ever let anyone define what you can become. You define it for yourself. You control your destiny. You take your future into your hands. But plant the seed that you need to do today for what you need to get for tomorrow. It begins with you and it ends with you, not with anyone else. Their comments don't matter. Their opinions don't matter. What matters the most is what you think of yourself. Martin Luther King Jr. in a famous speech asks, as a matter of fact, this was the theme of the speech. What is your life's blueprint? That's my next point. Do you have a plan for your life? Do you have a blueprint? An estimate of the blueprint and how long it would take you to accomplish the blueprint? Have you take time to sit down and write on paper with pen after consultations with those who have gone on before and have been successful how they got from point A to B to C to D and have you decided to take notes to study to show yourself approved to inform yourself to educate yourself to give yourself the necessary information and the impetus that you need to get to where you desire to be what is the plan for your life and maybe you made it and you're just sitting on it. Don't do that. Get up and make the plan a reality. Benjamin Disraeli, he said, the greatest gift that any man can give is not of their riches, but helping others discover riches of their own. Have you discovered what your riches are? <laughs> because if you have, then you have something to offer, something of value that you can give. Let me tell you this. The only thing that refuses to be buried at a funeral and walks back with the mourners is the character of the dead. When you are gone, what are people going to say about the legacy that you have left behind? Are they going to say he tried his best? Or are they going to say he never really gave it a shot? So he never really had a shot. I don't know about you. But I want my legacy to be positive, endearing, embracing and all encouraging. So that my children and my children's children could have something to show. Not just for fame or for fortune. But I would have made it possible for them to have something, a foundation upon which they can build and grow and develop dreams of their own. What about you? The man with the one pair of shoes eventually could have written checks for $10,000 and not think about it. The company that he started within a period of six years went from earning 30,000 a month to 1.2 million US per year because he did not give up. He did not surrender. He did not step down. Even though he was down, he did not stay down. He had the belief, he had the desire, he had the ambition to get up, push on, persevere, 
move on and hold on to that belief that sometime, somewhere in the future, what he dreamed of can become a reality. What is your legacy? Thank you so much. I love you. I am your friend. Godspeed. Live.